So you were working for the government? Yeah, in a government agency. Agency. Okay, all right. What does that mean? What were you doing in the Jamaican FBI or something? <laughs> I wish. No, it was a national youth service. And, okay. Um, yeah, <laughs> I wish. That I'm, epic, so gonna, right? I'm so going to edit that and put that in the, in the bloody podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was in the FBI. That okay, would be no. awesome. <laughs> a proud Jamaican, today's guest was born with albinism during the 80s when there was a lack of understanding of the genetic condition both in the medical profession and also in the community. Having overcome numerous social biases and challenges, she built her own business dedicated to helping clients strengthen their business with the power of email marketing. She's also written a memoir, The Albino Marketer. Episode 48, Raquel Newman. Welcome to One Moment, Please the podcast where our guests take a moment to tell their stories of how they've overcome adversity to achieve success and you take a moment to tune in to bring on the inspiration. If you start getting hot, let me know. If you start to melt. Yeah, this is why I've opted to do it so early because I'm like, okay, it shouldn't be so hot. What time is it over there? It's 5 a.m. Oh my goodness. (laughs) I did wonder because most people that are over in that side of the world, sort of America and South Mm -hmm. America and stuff, they they tend to book them my time first thing in the morning. It's evening for me now Mm -hmm. because we're ahead of you um, in the time zone. And I was surprised when you booked it in the evening. I was like, that's really unusual because people prefer to have it in the evening your time and then it's morning my time. And mm-hmm. so I was like, oh, that's that's unusual. So I am, I'm not a morning person, so 5 a.m. is a little too early that I would, <laughs> I would want to get up. <laughs> no, I wake up. I think maybe the only noise that you might hear is the dog. That's fine. If, if she decides to, you know. Bark, that's fine. Bark. <laughs> Hello, I'm here. <laughs> that's no problems at all. Well, thank you for coming on and, and joining us. Um, well, joining myself, Raquel, you've got a really – really interesting um story being that you were born with albinism and grew up in Jamaica so tell me a little bit about what that meant growing up in Jamaica with with albinism okay so growing up in Jamaica I'm in a predominantly black country Mm -hmm. and I was born with a rare condition that many people at that time had very little knowledge about this is mm-hmm. because like we we didn't really have the internet that much uh, back in the eighties, yeah. so nobody well, really that knew. Much. It wasn't even around then. <laughs> <laughs> That's the <a> thing. <laughs> I'm an eighties baby too. Look, I can tell you, I still remember having to use pay phones, and you would wait for people. You wouldn't. You you have to remember phone numbers, and you would have to remember times to meet people and turn up and just wait oh, for yes. them. There's none of this. I'm leaving the house now, text message, you know, I'm on my way or <laughs> no. anything like that. You would set a time and just hope that they'd bloody well remember. Like, Don't be late. Why are you late? I was waiting. <laughs> I remember payphones too. Oh, my God. I just aged myself. <laughs> I think we both aged ourselves. Oh, my God. Those were the days. I know. And then you end up working with people and they're like, 
in their twenties, and I never really feel all that old. And then they're like, "Oh yeah, I was born in two thousand, or I was born in oh, you know God. the nineties," and you're like, oh, "Oh, I feel so old." <laughs> and I remember people doing it to me. Oh, you're such a baby. It makes me feel so old. And I was like, "What?" And then you get there, and you're like, "Oh my God, you're such a baby. I feel yes. so old." <laughs> so yes. I still can't accept my age. <laughs> I still feel, actually, this is a complete time. But how old do you, I don't know how old you are. We won't actually put an age on it. But how old at heart do you feel? Because I feel like I'm still early 20s. I think I am 25. That's how yeah. I feel. Yeah. But over the whole going out and getting drunk and late nights because I just can't deal with yeah. it anymore. Mm-mm-mm-mm. And I'm in lockdown. But, um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, like I still, I I don't feel like an I'm mature enough to be an adult most of the time. <laughs> Bedtime is still nine nine p.m. <laughs> oh no, I'm past that. But <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, oh, like your body, so your body's like, no, we're going to sleep at nine p.m. <laughs> so <laughs> your body's like, we are tired. <laughs> So you were born in the 80s before the internet. Right. And <laughs> oh my goodness, before the internet. Everyone is <sighs> young and little cities like there was a time before the internet. Yeah. No, the internet didn't exist. Wow. Have you done the phone like when you say to people like how do you say that you're on the phone using like your hands? And our oh. generation does like a, the old school telephone, like your finger in the finger to your mouth and the thumb to your ear like you know mm-hmm. that's it and then the younger generation do like a flat palm in front of their face or to their side of the head yeah like, yeah what? they don't yeah. they don't get it they, they will never know the joys of hanging up on somebody <laughs> properly <laughs> <coughs> did you have the old rotary phones where you like you oh. do the I didn't have one of those, you but didn't. no, but we had the regular home. Wait, no, yes, yes. There was a dial and you had to like yes. put your finger in and go yes. all the way around the way for it to go back to the next number. I was oh. so excited when we got one of the touchpad phones, you know, you're oh, like, really? oh my goodness, I can finally. <laughs> oh, technology. Okay, so what were we even saying? So you were born in the 80s before the internet. Right. I was born in the 80s, in the 80s before the internet. And yeah. so people didn't really have a lot of information about albinism. In fact, I don't even think many doctors here may have had um, information about albinism. You know, hence I was never prescribed a sunblock as a kid, but, you know, side note. I, yes, I did not get, my doctor was like, oh, just use cocoa butter lotion. I'm like, so, but we didn't know. And so this is why, like, I have a lot of sunspots on my face. Yeah. I just say freckles of just, and this is just really, it, it, it just lends itself to the kind of information that we had back then. So you, know, you were even like, my, you were like being a doctor, roast, roast chicken outside and under the sun yeah putting coconut butter on yourself you know it's coconut butter like and it's like amplifying the heat yeah that's what i'm saying roast chook (laughs) (laughs) oh Oh my my goodness so even did the doctors know did the doctors tell your your parents um that you had did they even know that it was albinism i think 
because you know my memory doesn't go back that far but i was explicitly <laughs> told to stay out of the sun yeah but you tell a kid to stay out of the sun it's like don't eat mm-hmm. candy come on yeah and you're in jamaica like it'd be like australia you're always in the sun we're always in the sun yeah. like, it's so hot and summer is like who doesn't want to go out in the, beach. In the street yeah <laughs> go to the beach <laughs> well fortunately beach days for us most of the times was early morning but there were times when we would go in the daytime and it it never ended well (laughs) i can imagine you probably ended up like a lobster i I did yeah i did with you know crazy sunburn can't leave the house for two days or more sunburn it's yeah it's crazy so it, it you know information just wasn't there so a lot of the times people looked at us, you know, people with albinism, like we were a walking disease. We were, you know, I was scorned a lot and I was teased mm. like all the time, you know, and, and people just didn't know. I mean, now there's a lot more information. I'm seeing more people with albinism, but back then I literally just had me and my older brother. Mm-hmm. Okay. So very isolating in that regard. Yes. What yes. did your other siblings, um, were they understanding of it or did they sort of shun you as well? No, they didn't because so my older brother, um, you know, like me, so we were, I would say, as close as siblings would be. Yeah. Everybody, you know, all siblings. Yeah. So we were as close as siblings would be. So, but I would say, no, my family, you know, they didn't shun me at all. I, they were just like, hey, it's my sister and we're just gonna, you know, tease her like how kids, you know, sisters Aww. and brothers tease. Yeah. So we had a good relationship. Yeah. Well, that's good. So how was school? <clears throat> oh, my. I would say school was, high school was brutal. So my first couple of years at a private school, Mm. it wasn't so bad. I think I didn't feel different at all. I had like a relatively normal upbringing, but I would say it's fortunately because I went to a private school. Mm -hmm. But once I transitioned to high school, that's where the problems really begun that's where I realized oh wait <laughs> I don't fit in I am different mm-hmm. um so and we have th- to explain the private and the public for the UK because I think it's reversed over there so private's when you pay a lot of money and it's a private school it's not run by the government or the state and um high school and public school is run by the state and it's not private you have to pay tuition mm-hmm. so forth to, to go there I think it's reversed in the UK they call it public when it's really private. They've got a weird, oh. uh, it's, yeah. So I just, oh. anyway, for any UK listeners, it's the reverse, I think. Whatever you have to yeah. pay for. <laughs> right. <laughs> because for, Yeah. Yeah. So my, pri- because my private school, like, it was one of those expensive ones. I, at yeah. the time it was manageable. But high school, now you're moving into the government system. Yeah. Yeah. Same as Australia in terms of public and private, the terminology, mm-hmm. yeah. So high school was challenging for you. Yeah. And so for a a couple of reasons, 
the main reason, aside from being teased, was now having to get my schoolwork done with my visual limitations. Because a part of being born with albinism means that I have challenges seeing. I, I, you know, glasses don't really help. It's just there to prevent the eye strain or protect my eyes. Really? So they don't help you at all? Not just like faint. So what is it about albinism that causes the issue in the eyes in terms of the vision issues? So like, let me see if I can remember how my doctor had explained it. It's so because we lack the pigment, it, the mm-hmm. eye isn't as protected from, right. you know, whatever damages from the sun. But not only that, I remember being told that my eye muscles were not fully developed. Right. And as such, you know, I would not be able to see like a regular person would with 2020 vision. There are, when I went to the U S a couple of years ago, I went to, I think it was NSU low vision clinic. And so they gave me options that I could use, but this was more like really thick glasses. And, you know, they were, they made sure to tell me that some of these, like, it's just for when you're sitting down and reading or watching TV and you'd like to see the small text on the screen, but it wouldn't be for regular walking around um, everyday life. Okay. So, mm-hmm. so what vision do you have now? 2200. What what does that mean? Oh, so basically like, um, so my vision now is 2200. And basically what that means is what somebody with 2020 vision can see. Uh, let me see if I can get this right. What Perfectly. I can see, they can see like 200 yards or meters away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I hope I've gotten that right. So. <laughs> they can see like extra. So I have to hold things up really close to my so eyes. I don't know if that's short-sighted or long-sighted or whatever. So you've got to hold stuff close up to you. So yeah. you, you can't see anything in the distance. I can, but not clearly. So it's just fuzzy. Yeah. So like right. I will see you from a distance, like I will see a person, but I may not be able to recognize who you are or I won't be able to see your facial features. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if I'm standing in front of you, you'd be able to see me. Right. Okay. All right. Because on your bio, it said that you're legally blind. So that level of vision um, impairment classifies you as being legally blind? Yes. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. Okay. I have had a journey in my family and I'm going to try and get my dad on the podcast, but he has um, – issues with his eyes and I always thought people with with uh, canes and so forth were automatically blind I had no understanding of there was a vision Mm -hmm. impairment spectrum and so that's Mm -hmm. why I wanted to get the clarification because I understand there is levels the levels Mm -hmm. to vision and so forth so that's been an education that my family and I have gone through Mm -hmm. and even in the albinism community there are different levels of visual challenges as well. And I only knew this, you know, I only knew this um, in my later years, being on Facebook and joining certain groups. So some people like my older brother, he can drive and he lives with albinism. I think his vision is like 2080 or something of that sort. 
And so he has the ability to drive. Now, I will never be able to drive because that's just what it is. So, and I've noticed that there are some people in the albinism community where glasses help and there are others that glasses don't help. Um, fortunately for now, I don't have to walk around with a cane, but I've mm-hmm. met people in the albinism community that they have to walk around with a cane. Mm. It sounds like it's very individual in terms of. Yes. Yeah. The process. Okay. So what did, what was it sort of a, day-to-day high school experience for you? So day-to-day high school experience, a lot of the times it meant me standing in front of the chalkboard. Yes, standing. chalkboard. Yes. Oh, I, I had, had chalkboards to... too. Then we, it was a big day when we went to whiteboards. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like no more dust in your face. I know, man. I hopped on to this podcast and now you're making me feel old. <laughs> <laughs> We're just remembering our age. <laughs> I know, right? Did you have to? Um, do you remember the the chalkboard dusters getting whacked with the ruler outside to get the chalk oh, off it? Yes, and the, yes. The plumes of chalk going up, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> or you'd smack it against the wall, or you get two chalkboard dusters and smack it against each other. Oh yes, I remember those days. Oh my goodness. Okay, mm-hmm. so um. You were actually having to stand, so you weren't even able to sit with the rest of the students in the class. You were standing in front of the board. I had to stand in front of the, like, my seat was at the front of the class, but even being at the front of the class, like, I still couldn't see properly. So I had to, you know, walk up to the chalkboard to see, and, you know, some students are like, well, you're blocking the view. I mean, the teachers were mostly understanding but the yeah. students weren't and so like I would have some students throwing paper at me and you know telling me to you know get out of their way that kind of thing um then you know there's a constant teasing like when you're outside of class mm-hmm. there is a constant teasing you know don't touch her it's going to rub off on you because oh, you know cool. again at that time like albinism was seen as some kind of disease or something that you'll catch I remember like um, being in like public transport and this girl, she was like just inching away, inching away. And then somebody was like, don't touch her. Don't touch her. It's going to rub off on you. I'm like, yeah. So that was kind of like daily life. Did you life, reach out like, and touch her arm or something and be like, there you go. No. Bitch, you got it now. <laughs> I should have. You should have. I'm like, no, you've got it. <laughs> But maybe she'd have, you know, kicked my ass. So. No, you just get up to the next stop and run. <laughs> <laughs> See you later. Oh, gosh. That's awful, though. It's awful to go through as a kid. Well, any any age, and but to have that as mm-hmm. a kid, that's awful. Yeah. When you did the vision issues um, – result in learning issues for you because you couldn't see the board so you were missing content so no because especially once I'm gonna say yes and no and here's why especially like in math class the math teacher I think wasn't as understanding so I had difficulty learning math so anything like I realized with the numbers because I couldn't follow so clearly on the board 
it meant that I was missing stuff. I had to spend extra time like outside of class to really go back over, go back over with a few friends or like, I know when I was doing CXEs, I was it Caribbean Examination Council exams. And that's like the exams that we in the Caribbean take uh, to leave high school and to further your studies mm-hmm. and even to get a job. Mm-hmm. So I know when I was taking that, like I had to have extra help with mathematics and accounting, but with my other subjects, the more reading focused on principles of business, history, English, I did not need that extra help because I could just read the book on my own time. So mm-hmm. it meant like I had to devise a strategy. And, you know, it's it's good that you brought that up because when I went to college and even university where you're not, the teacher isn't going to say, oh, yeah, you can come up on the board and, you know, stand and write. It meant I had to pay keen attention by listening. And then like I made friends so they would share their notes with me. And I always made sure that I had the textbook. So it, it did like affect learning to an extent. I just had to devise strategies around it. But that's that's been wonderfully resourceful. And that's probably carried through to everything in your life in terms of being resourceful. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. In terms of um, school, and then it sounds like you went to you went on to university, so you had those strategies when you were at uni. Um, what was it like in terms of the workforce? If albinism wasn't understood in Jamaica, what was it like in terms of trying to get a job in Jamaica? Wow, <laughs> so it it is hard. It, there mm. were some challenges getting a job. I think the first job I remember getting, I had to use a government program to get it. And um, yeah, I had to use, I, I forgot the name at the time. I just whacked my microphone. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. I was just like, sorry. I was going to get a drink. I'm sorry. I blew out your eardrums. <laughs> sorry, you're saying you had to use a government program. Yeah, I had to use a government program to like get a job. And I was kind of annoyed too, because a friend of mine and I, we had applied at the same time and she was placed before. And I'm like, so why wasn't I placed? Is it a looks thing? So I called the lady and I was like, I don't understand. My friend got the job before me and we both applied at the same time. Is it a looks? Do I not look like I need a job? So, you know, that's how I got my first job. But Berating you know, the it, lady that was being <laughs> standing up for myself. Yeah, for good myself. on you, man. <laughs> <laughs> Don't discriminate against me, damn it. Yes. Um, so, what was that first job doing? What was your role? So, my role was filing. You know, when you're fresh out of yeah coming to college, yeah, they stick you in the filing cabinet. So. That was interesting, <laughs> to say the least, with my visual challenges. Um, I remember having to take a magnifying glass to work, you know, again, having to get resourceful. Yeah. So I remember taking a magnifying glass to work, and that helped in terms of, you know, seeing the smaller things. But it meant that my coworkers would, of course, 
continue their teasing in the form of they would say you no know, office banter get out so they you, would tease you in the workforce mm-hmm. it's like oh you're you know pinky's black and so they nicknamed me pinky i should say um <clears throat> because of you know my color and then mm. like i would get sunburned so you know they're like pinky but by then was i wearing sunblock i was probably starting to wear sunblock by then because you know more information so i think i had started maybe so not as much be- as i should before we started recording the podcast you'll need to explain that that statement raquel because raquel was telling me that there wasn't a lot of information out when she was born and i'm sure that it was before <laughs> before we started recording that you were saying this not whilst we we're recording that you weren't even told to wear sun sunscreen sunblock yeah i wasn't Mm-mm. so you're wasn't in the jamaican so... sun out there i don't know if that was when we were recording or not so you said started wearing sun sun tan lotion sunblock yeah, I started wearing sunblock um, by then. But, you know, there were times when I would get sunburned. And so that's how they gave me that nickname, Pinky. So I'm like, eh, whatever. Um, you know, but my abilities to perform was always questioned. And mind you, I did make some mistakes because I, you know, was at different departments. And so there were times when I made an error or two. And, you know, those had to be corrected. So there's that but um you know going through proving yourself saying that hey i can do this i am you know beyond what you think i am Mm. so you have your own business now though so how did you transition into like what prompted you to start your own online business okay so (laughs) My transition, it, it wasn't because like I decided one day that I wanted to go into business, that I wanted to work for myself or find my own clients. It happened because I, so I had a contract with another government agency and this was after I completed university. And with that company, we were just on contract. Most people were on contract. Now, I remember clearly that the political climate had changed, meaning political parties had changed. We had had a general election mm-hmm. and the ruling party lost. So when the other party took office, they, in my opinion, decided to clean house. Mm-hmm. And so my contract was not renewed. Mm-hmm. And at that time, I think it was two months before, there was this lovely young lady that I was supervising and, you know, she put me on to then Odesk and the online working platform that's now known as Upwork. Mm-hmm. And that's really where I got my start into working online. So when my contract wasn't renewed, I decided, you know what, let me try this. Let me see what's happening in the online space. So that's kind of how my journey into the online world started. I was kind of kicked into it, to say the least. So what are what were you doing and what are you doing through Upwork? Like what is it that you your what are your online services now? Okay, so primarily I do email marketing as well as virtual events because I'm a virtual events organizer. So I'll do okay. those two things. But primarily now, like if you were to check out my profile on Upwork, it'll be more email marketing and automation. So what's the difference between that and getting a virtual assistant? 
So the thing is, a virtual assistant, it's more of a general. And yes, you will have VAs that can do email marketing, but I specialize in the more technical softwares like Infusionsoft, or there's one called Post that a lot of VAs, they would more use, say, MailChimp or even to a lesser extent, ConvertKit. But mm-hmm. I go beyond that. And of course, like I'll do strategy and reporting and, you know, all of those wonderful things. Okay. So because you lost your job, you started up this online work for yourself. You created you created your own business, essentially. Mm-hmm. How did you grow how did you grow it? Um so a lot of the times okay. One moment. Heat. Dying with the heat. <laughs> heat. Have you got a jumper on though? You look like you've got like a, I don't know, you guys probably call them sweaters. Call them sweaters over there? No. So this is like a workout stuff, but you know, to decent time. It's just ah, Raquel's decent. just had to run and, Raquel's just run and put a fan on because it's Jamaica and it's, is it your summer over there? Yeah, it's still yeah. summer. Oh my god! Yeah, so you're melting. <laughs> it's so hot. It's not that bad, but when you check, like when it gets to the afternoon, yeah, then it really starts to boil. And oh then, my goodness! Where I'm located in my house, it faces the sun, the afternoon uh, sun. <laughs> so it's it's terrible. <laughs> oh my gosh. I've thought about putting air conditioning in this room, but then I'm like, oh, but the cost, I don't know what the cost is in Australia, but the cost of electricity here is through the roof. It's expensive here too, but also it's the noise. Like if I had air con on, it would pick up on the, on the microphone. So I couldn't have the air con on anyway. So yeah. So there's that. So I don't know what I'm going to do. Sit here fanning myself like a, someone from the 1800s or something. (laughs) (laughs) oh that's funny um we said that Mm -hmm. we were going to turn the fan off in Raquel's room uh because of the noise but if it got too hot then she was going to turn it on so obviously the the melting situation reached the pinnacle (laughs) and she had to turn it on um so you were talking about how you grew the business yes so Primarily how you, because I started on Upwork, and so primarily how you grow your business like that is through doing good service and getting good reviews. And you know, funny, you talked about the difference between email marketing and and um, virtual assistant, personal assistant, because I started out as a content writer online. That's, okay. you know, I was like, I can write, and these articles are easy, you know, so let's let's get that done. So I started out as that, and then I changed to being a personal assistant, a, a VA, okay. mm-hmm. and you know, was doing that. And then I'm like, you know what? I want more money, because I realized, and uh, sad to say, I realized, and I think around that time when I started um, online, Timothy Ferris's book, The Four Hour Workweek, was a yeah. thing, and yeah. so people were looking for people from third world countries that they could pay next to nothing. And, you know, the assumption was that, oh, yeah, you know, you know, $3 US or $4 US, like that's a whole lot of money in your country. So you should be fine. And I know that in some countries that might be the case, 
But unfortunately, in mine, where inflation is so high and that uh, we import so much, it really was not the case. So I was like, no, I, I want more money. Yeah. So, you know, I started to learn some new skills. And along the way, really, I just made sure to have good relationships with my clients. And they I get a lot of referrals. I get a lot of recommendations. Um, now I am using other methods to grow my business. Like I am attempting to use LinkedIn. I'm not so active at, at it right now because my main client keeps me busy. But you know, that's one of the things I have gotten a client or two from Facebook, but Facebook isn't really my mainstay in terms of promoting. Mm. Mm-hmm. You should, um, I love LinkedIn. I, when I was in corporate, in the corporate world, that was obviously the main thing I used. I never used any Facebook or anything like that. So, um, I love, I have a I love LinkedIn. I love a friend and LinkedIn is where she gets a lot of inquiries about her business too. So I'm thinking like, you know, focusing on that. And I, I'm not, you know, you may have some guests and they're like, oh, I'm on all the social media platforms. I'm like, no, I can't. It's too much. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I think I liked LinkedIn initially because it was, A, it was for business and people actually had their real names on there. So it meant that mm-hmm. it was not so trolly, right? Yes. Um, but now it's starting to become more like Facebook and people are just posting stuff and I don't know, people, I don't know whether or not it's this COVID world and everyone's shirty with each other, but there seems to be starting to get more and more, um, comments that probably aren't necessarily corporately focused comments, you know what I mean, if you know what I mean, Mm -hmm. not, not towards me, but when you read them on other posts, you kind of go, yeah, I probably wouldn't want that out there if I was working with somebody. I don't know. Yeah. It's just interesting interesting to see the different changes mm-hmm. across the platform over the years as well. But I do find it a lot, I don't know, I, I, I find it better than all the other ones personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I find like another way that I'm getting business is to appear on other people's summits and get interviewed by um, other people because one of my, I'm going to call her a mentor because I really look up to her. She's amazing. And she featured me and, you know, she featured me on one of her many shows. And from there, like I gained two, (laughs) two additional clients. And even like I did a summit with a friend of mine who is a publisher and, you know, from there, like, I've gotten exposure. So, like, these days, I realize that being in front of as many people as possible, it does. And speaking about, you know, my skills and, you know, helping people, really, at the end of the day, like, you want to help people. And I find that when I give useful information, people mm. tend to reach out to me. Mm. It's about giving that quality, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That quality information. And when I mean, you've got to put yourself out there. You can't tell a secret. No. You know? <laughs> um, you've written a book, The Albino Marketer. Is that, cr- is that the correct title? Well, I'll, I say albino, so I'm not sure if it's like a language. I think it's an. I think it's my <laughs> accent. It's a, yeah, The Albino <laughs> Marketer. I think it's the it's accent. It's like you say math over there and Americans say math. Yeah. I noticed that you didn't have the S on the end of it. Well, we say maths. So and I, funny 
Funny I never thing understand is, I think, why. Oh, <laughs> funny thing is, I think maybe the younger generation, because we're so Americanized too, because we, we kind of follow the British system, you yeah. know, colony of Britain. Yeah. And I don't even know if they say math as well, but I know Americans they say, say math. maths. I'm pretty sure they say maths. But Americans don't have the plural. They just say math. And I'm like, surely you do more than one inqu- equation in the class. Like it's a plural subject. Yeah. <laughs> You're not just sitting there going A plus B equals C, C later, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> this multi- I've never understood why they don't have an S at the end of it. But anyway, that's it. That's yeah, thing. I've been so Americanized. So like I just say, I don't know, it's in me. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> my book, The Unvited. <laughs> anyway, so um, the Al- the Albano, Albino, however you want to say it, marketer. Mm-hmm. So that's the book. That's out now. It's currently out mm-hmm. now. So does that what talk to me about the book? So why? What prompted you to write the the? It's your memoir, isn't it? Yes, it is. What prompted so, you to write it? That's the thing. It my friend having shared my story with her uh my friend and publisher mind you because she is my publisher she was like you have a powerful story and you need to share that story to help to inspire others Mm. to overcome their challenges Uh, and because she knows me she has known like the teasings that I've gone through the scorn um she has known like everything that I've done to survive in the workplace and you know, because of that, she was like, somebody needs to hear this. Somebody needs to know that no matter what the odds are, that they can, you know, overcome it, that they can get creative, you know, and just share even your journey into working online and the struggles that you've had with finding what really makes you happy online. Like even something like that, she was like, you definitely need to share this. And so it, it took me a while, like writing that book. So funny story about the book, like it took years for me to get to where I am now with it. I wrote the book with her, I think was in 2018. I did the initial write. In two months, I was able to write the book. Wow. And then it took like more than a year to edit. <laughs> As you know, you have to do that whole self-edit before you yeah. run it through a professional editor, right? So it took like more than a year. And then, so I'm very self-conscious about my appearance and part because of the freckles, I don't really wear a lot of makeup, maybe part because of all the teasing in high school. And so like, I don't think I look good in photos. And some of the times like I have to struggle with, you know, telling myself that, yes, you're beautiful. Yes, you look good. And so it took months for me. Like I did not want my photograph on the cover. And my friend was like, you have to put it. It's your book. It's a memoir. And I I really struggled with that. So it even like it was just last year, I believe, when I finally got around to taking a good photo and to putting it on the cover. Did you take any writing classes prior to you sitting down and starting to write the book? No. <laughs> okay. So it was, it's purely just self-edited, self-driven. She obviously gave you some temp, like a template guide in regards to how to structure it or did she not, you just wrote it? No. So it's, I wouldn't 
call it fully self-edit. So I just wrote it. She gave me guidelines in terms of like organizing it via chapters and, you know, organizing my ideas. So she did give me guidelines on that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then like the initial edit, like every single writer has to do their own initial editing unless you're really going to pay like a whole lot of money to have that done. But I still had to have it professionally edited because given that, you know, I have visual challenges, there were a lot of spelling errors that was there. There were grammatical errors. Um, Additionally, like I would use something. So I would use like American spelling interchangeable with European spelling. So, you know, certain things like that had to be corrected. Mm -hmm. So I did, you know, I did have both. Like I had to self-edit, but I did also have to get professional editing done. Mm-hmm. what's been the feedback amongst your friends and family they love the book like everybody who has read the book they have loved like they've not written that feedback on amazon though sadly but they have shared yes they love the book it's a powerful story it has inspired them like given them like a drive to mm-hmm. continue to push forward mm. fantastic and how can so it's called the albino Oh, Albano. Oh, I can't get the other accent. The Albino Marketer. It's okay. It's the Aussie coming out of me. That's in a- a- Amazon now. Um, where mm-hmm. else can they get it? Is it just, a- just available on Amazon? It's just available on Amazon. If you go on my website, Raquel N, and that's R-A-C-Q-U-E-L-N.com, mm-hmm. you will also see on the front page there's a link directly going to amazon where you can get it is that the books under the books tab you can find it under the books tab yes and it's also like if you scroll down to the bottom of the page it's also there as well yeah man you gotta put that at the top (laughs) i'll probably change that (laughs) yeah you need to put that up the top rather than just have to scroll down to the to the bottom um Thank you so much for uh, for joining us and ha- having a chat about your. Um, I say us as in like I'm a plural person joining mm-hmm. me and having a chat to me, particularly <laughs> so early in the morning. Um, how do people find you for your online services as well? Because you do um, email marketing and online event co- coordination. Is that how you would sort of? Yeah, our online event organization. It's okay. same thing. <laughs> okay. Um, and how do they find you with that? Is that through the RaquelN.com website? Yeah, you can find me there or you can email me at info at com. Perfect. Thank you so much for joining us. Me. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Thank you what all for know? having me. <laughs> me, myself and I. Oh, my oh, yeah, goodness. Yeah. Thank you all it's, for having me. It's late here and I'm in lockdown. I think I need a bloody drink. <laughs> Thanks, mate. <laughs> it's it's so funny you said lockdown i'm still in lockdown we have like no movement days so i feel you don't worry yeah how long have you been in lockdown for now so that's the thing it we're not like in lockdown as in australia is where like it's constant don't move no. yeah so because like the delta variant has um skyrocketed i would mm. say we have three days out of the week where you're not allowed to move and then the other four days you're allowed to move so sunday monday and tuesdays are no movement days only for a, I would say a couple of people especially in the tourism industry but the other days like everybody can move so okay this is like, making me depressed now we're not allowed <laughs> out of the house <laughs> unless we're shopping or a medical appointment or an hour exercise that's it 
Oh, no friend, no, not allowed to socialize with anybody. Nothing. I, I wouldn't say don't feel so bad. I think it's because of our economic situation why our prime minister realizes that we can't really be like in lockdown because so many people, their income depends on going out every day to work. And we really don't have the money to like give people to, you know, eat, pay bills, stay at home. So I'm going to hang up there. Work. We can continue this conversation <laughs> offline. Thanks, <laughs> thanks for taking a moment to listen everyone we hope this episode inspired you as much as it did us if you know somebody who also needs a little inspiration then please share this podcast with them also don't forget to subscribe on your fave podcast app and rate and review us because that helps inspire us to keep making them 